0: everyone welcome back to another episode of the pursuit of bliss podcast and i'm going to be talking about money and if you're on my email list you've already seen i have started an email series on money if you are not a part of that make sure you sign up for my email list there is a link in the show notes i decided that I want to be able to talk about money in more depth and Instagram really limits my ability to do that. And so I'm going to be focusing mainly on the podcast and an email series to really be starting these teachings on money again. And I built my whole business teaching about money in the very beginning, money mindset, money manifestation. And then I very clearly felt called in a different direction for about a year and a half, the last year and a half, and the inspiration just wasn't there around money. And and I don't lead my business by logic. I lead it by inspiration and I I lead it by trusting where God calls me. And so when He called me away from the topic of money, even though it didn't seem like the best thing for my business, I followed. Um in the past five years, I have experienced everything with money. You know, I've been So broke that I was living on a $7 a day budget, sleeping on a mattress on the floor because I couldn't afford a bed frame, living paycheck to paycheck, experiencing extreme money anxiety on the daily, counting every penny. I've also been in a place where I've had more money than I knew what to do with, where I was making 100K months and you know I've done more than 1.1 million, I haven't even checked what the number is recently, but more than 1.1 million in sales solo on my own in my business since I started it in 2019, which is a huge feat and I'm really proud of myself. But at the same time, I now know what it's like to make more than a million dollars and not feel like a millionaire and not feel rich. And I also know what it's like to make $10 and to feel like the richest person in the entire universe. I've been all over the spectrum. I've experienced depression at my richest and at my lowest financially. I've experienced joy, euphoric joy at my highest financially and my lowest financially. I've, I know what it's like to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and then lose a lot of it. I know what it's like to be praying and praying and praying for a breakthrough and for nothing to come. I know what it's like to pray and pray and pray for a breakthrough and to see it come. I know what it's like to receive checks for thousands of dollars in the mail. I know what it's like to write checks for a hundred thousand dollars and watch that money leave. It's I'm telling you, I have, I feel like in the past five years, God has taken my hand and just, he's pulled me, usually kicking and screaming through almost every money reality that exists. I have felt it all. I've been in all of the places, whatever you're experiencing. I've either been there. I felt it. I felt something similar, or I've worked with someone who has been exactly where you are. And looking back, I now understand that I, God pulled me through all of that for a reason in the same way that I believe that he guided me through the depths of spirituality and new age and he also guided me through the depths of religion. He pulled me to both ends of the spectrum so that I could deeply understand it, not only to heal the parts of me that were still attached to false belief systems and illusions and distortions from these places, but also to prepare me in my heart to free other people who are trapped within these institutions. And it's the same with money right he brought me all over the spectrum I now understand so that I can help to free people who are in the places that I've been in because I know what it's like and I know what it's like to move through it and so I just I feel so inspired to start teaching and speaking on money again because when I used to teach on it a few years ago oh gosh I thought I thought I had it I thought like this is it I know everything there is to know about money I've mastered it and Gosh, that was the tip of the iceberg, truly. God has shown me that there is so much more depth to understanding of money and wealth and riches and finances than I ever experienced before. And so I want to teach again about money, but from a much more embodied place. From a place where we're no longer triggering our fight fight or flight, where we are no longer overstepping our own bodies' boundaries or bypassing or pushing away the needs of our bodies of our hearts of our souls in the name of gaining more money where we are no longer trying to fix ourselves and perpetuating the story of not enoughness in the name of receiving more where we are no longer pedestaling money as something that is worth seeking above all else especially above God and above our own hearts and we are no longer pedestaling the people who have more of it than us We are no longer pedestaling the influencers or the celebrities or anyone in our lives who we think have more than us and therefore know better than us. There are just so many money distortions that I'm really excited to crush and to break through together because... I've been frustrated recently because I'm thinking about money and I'm like, what I'm coming to understand and what God's showing me about money right now makes so much sense, but I'm not seeing it anywhere else. I went deep into the new age and spiritual understandings of money and they were a lot of partial truths and a lot of it does ring true, but it wasn't the full truth and it was very helpful information. But I think a lot of, you know, the over focus on money hasn't worked for a lot of people. We have a million and one manifestation teachers online teaching about money. Why is it that people are still feeling so anxious and so fearful about the states of their finances? Something isn't working. The overfocus on money, the overfocus on healing ourselves, isn't doing it. And this pedestaling of money also isn't doing it. And then we turn to religion, and we get almost the opposite. We get this just silence. So many religious leader leaders are terrified of speaking on money or when they do, what I've experienced and heard is this speaking on money as if it's something evil, right? It's only good if you're tithing it to the church. Otherwise, well, you better not focus on getting rich because you're going to go straight to hell and you're going to burn there. And I'm going to speak on this because I really want to bring some depth and understanding to this. And I also want to make a note that if there is a belief system about money that you are attached to and it's bringing you fear rather than love, I would question whether that belief is truly of and from God. Because God is love. God is a God of love. He is perfect love. Perfect love does not beget fear. And if you are living your life fearful that God is going to judge you or punish you, for the things that you are doing, I would say that you are not experiencing the perfect love of God. In fact, you're very far away from it because when we are drenched in perfect love, there is no room for fear. It cannot exist in the presence of perfect love. And so I believe that a lot of our understandings about money, the fear-based ones, are misunderstandings, misinterpretations, or understandings that have been taken and twisted and taught in order to manipulate and have power over groups of people and that have been passed down from generations. And we have a lot of money wounds deep, deep, deep within our ancestry and our lineages and our religions and our belief systems and deep, deep, deep in society. And I believe that they're there for a reason. We're a lot more easily manipulated if we're living under stories of fear in any area of our life. And I'm going to focus on money in this episode, but if we're living Under the authority of fear in any area of our life, we are automatically much more easily manipulated. We are automatically much more easily malleable. We are automatically much more easily conditioned. Fear destabilizes our entire nervous systems, our ability to stand in our truth, our ability to lean into love, our ability to to trust ourselves and our intuitions and our connection to God. Fear is not of God. Anxiety is not of God. In fact, I would argue that these experiences are actually proof of disconnection from God and a lack of love. And it's not our faults. It's the world we grew up in. And a lot of the places that we have turned to to seek God have let us down. And I talked a lot about that in the last episode. So I'm not going to go deep into it. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But I want to focus on these two beliefs that I see, one coming from the spiritual sector, one coming from the religious sector, right? So a lot of religion, if you read between the lines, says, God wants me to be poor. And there's like scripture people use to back this up. And I'm going to dive into that. And then we get the other side. And it says, you know, a lot of the new age says, God wants me to be rich, right? God wants me to be a millionaire. And I'm going to break this down a little bit, but Before I get into it, what I would argue is not that God wants you to be poor or that God wants you to be rich in finances. I would argue that God's priority is for you to feel loved, for you to know his love. And the richness of that love, when it fills you up, it overflows into every single area of your life. And it is not money's job to make you feel rich. And in fact, money cannot do that. And oftentimes, more money will make you feel even more poor. It will make you feel like you are lacking even more. I know some of you understand this from personal experience. I can tell you it's true. The more money you make does not equal the richer you feel. It's often the opposite. The reality is... The more you immerse yourself and allow yourself to feel how perfectly loved you are, the more rich you will automatically feel because that brings you back to your original design. Our original design, we were designed and created to operate and thrive off of love and abundance. It's like ongoing flow of it. When I say abundance, I don't mean money. That can be a form of abundance. Abundance is like this enoughness knowing our worth knowing our enoughness knowing our lovability we were designed to operate in this way we weren't designed to operate in a world of in a world of scarcity and lack and so when we return to god and i don't just mean as a concept and learning about him i mean when we are able to understand and return to this beloved identity of i am so deeply loved and when that becomes embodied It fills us up. It creates this rich, alive, thriving internal world, which pours out into our lives. And I don't believe that God's desire is that we all be millionaires. I believe he has a plan for each of us to prosper. And I do believe that for some of us, that is his plan. But I don't believe that he desires us to suffer. I don't believe that he desires us to be lacking. I believe that he knows our hearts and he knows the desires of our heart because he planted them there. He placed those desires on our hearts. But the reason that I don't think he desires you to be rich isn't because he thinks that's a bad thing, but because his ultimate desire is for you to feel loved. And when you feel that love, everything else comes right? Seek God first and everything else will be given to you. What does it mean to actually seek God? Who is God? What is God? God is love. Seeking the love of God, understanding the love of God, returning to our identity of being fully loved because that is who we are at our core and why we were created. To be loved. God is an other-centered being. He is love and he needed something to love. And so he created us. We were created out of love and to be loved. And so when we are not allowing ourselves to be loved or we've been pulled out of that identity by the world, we've been robbed of the blessings that God meant and desired to give us. And so I don't believe that our main focus needs to be on fixing our money beliefs or healing all of our money traumas. That can play a part. But I believe the biggest piece is remembering how loved we are, how truly perfectly loved and cherished and absolutely adored we are. Because when you understand that, you realize that there is nothing that your beloved father, that God does not desire to bless you with. And I don't believe that he holds back from us. I believe that we hold him back from ourselves. So instead of focusing on seeking external riches, I believe our focus should be on seeking internal richness, which only comes from returning to our identity as being truly and completely loved by God. And from that place, all else comes. Our entire life is transformed. But this is not an instant gratification overnight process of we're getting a million dollar checks in the mail. God's not in a rush. You are. Love is patient. Fear is anxious. The more we tune into love, the more we're able to slow down and allow the pace of life to guide us, right? Nature doesn't rush. I always say this. Nature was also created perfectly. Nature is largely untouched, right? Nature cannot be conditioned the way we can. So we can look to nature to see how, how life was designed to operate. There is no rushing in nature, We are in a rush because fear, scarcity, and lack got to us and we are not designed to thrive off of those states. Those states come from separation from God, separation from love, because really what is scarcity? What is lack? It truly means separation from love. We are lacking in love and we think that we're lacking in money. If I just get more money, right, I'll feel better. That's not how it works. Money's not gonna make you feel loved. It might for a moment for a day, a month, even a year, but then it won't. And then you'll feel the void and it will have expanded. So my point with all of this is that there is so much more to this conversation about money than just money. And we are doing ourselves and our financial lives a disservice by simply focusing on money itself. Because yes, that is important, but it is a small piece to this puzzle. And this is why money manifestation worked until it didn't. Because trying to manically manifest money from this place of I'm feeling lack, which automatically translates to I'm not feeling fully loved or lovable. And trying to manifest from that place, we were actually manifesting from this place of fear, this place of lack. And God's like, I do want to send you blessings, but we're no longer doing this from lack. I refuse to send you anything that is going to encourage the continued fragmentation of your soul. I refuse to allow you to build anything in your life from anything that is not filled with my love, from any place that is not wholeness. Because I know that it will eventually crumble. And I know that it will eventually come with more pain. We're not here to just manifest a shit ton of money and be millionaires. And while we watch our internal worlds crumble and fall apart, while we're still craving external validation to feel loved where we are depending on making more and more money every month or having that next best thing in order to fulfill our internal needs. We have internal longings that cannot be filled by anything external. We have to start from the inside out. And I want to share one story. I promise I'm going to get back to what I promised I would talk about. I want to talk about uh, the belief that God wants us to be poor and I'm going to take us through the breaking down that belief if you feel like that's one that you kind of picked up through your life, whether through the world or religion. But first, let me share this story. I actually received an email yesterday, and this email was from a particular influencer. Uh, And I opened the email, and it was talking about how she was in some... Beautiful European destination city, and how she had spontaneously rented a room at this luxury rooftop hotel, and how she was partying on the rooftop of that hotel. And you know, she just decided to start spontaneously posting some offers on Instagram, blah blah blah. Long story short, she made 50k in a few hours, and then she went on to describe all of the cities she was flying to in the next week. Uh, which were all very famous, very well-known luxury European destination spots, all the food she was going to eat there. And then she went on to sell something at the end. And I read this and my my first thoughts are, wow, this is extraordinary marketing. And the reason it's going to work so well for her and she'll make a shit ton of money off of this email is because it pokes right at people's insecurities. It pokes right at their not enoughness. It shows them Look, my life is more blessed than yours. You could be doing all of these wonderful, beautiful things. You could be living a life of luxury. You could be living your life of plane flights every three days to new beautiful places. Your life, it's not enough. And I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing your life. I think it can really be a big big expander for people of like, this is what's possible I really think that's a good thing to to be sharing our lives and expanding others' beliefs, but that wasn't the energy of this particular email. You can always feel the integrity of a person and where they're coming from if you take a moment to feel what's behind the words. And the first impact this email had on me, like the first was like this jolt in my stomach and it was this jolt of jealousy of, oh wow, she is living an incredible life. And then that was gone in almost two seconds it was like this gut response and then my next response was empathy and compassion because I know how empty it can feel to be living a life that is so lacking in love that it must be validated by external sources whether it be money or approval or people being impressed in order to feel certain voids and I know that because I've been there and when I was there I didn't realize I was there and there's no judgment for this girl but her marketing is going to catch a lot of people on her web and those people are going to get wrapped up in teachings that are coming from a deep place of not enoughness and it makes my heart sad because it's not that I don't think we should be teaching about money and how to make more. I think that's an important topic and we shouldn't be shying away from it, which is why I'm not. But we need to be talking about more than just money and sharing the numbers we're making and using that as marketing. Like we've moved past that, right? Like we're evolving as a community, as an online community. We've evolved way past that. And there's a consciousness of Instagram and there's a consciousness of Different sectors of Instagram and this sector of money and money manifestation and spirituality and teachings online around money and business. The consciousness of that sector of teachings has evolved so much that when I see teachings that are still caught in where we were two years ago, it just it makes me sad and it makes me cringe. Because I just truly believe that we have evolved past that place of pedestaling money as the one thing that's going to make your entire life better and that's going to fix every single thing about you and that's going to make your life a life that's worth living. And this subtle between the lines of that email, like the feeling, I know it's going to give a lot of people because I felt almost that gut instinct of It's this feeling of shame of, oh, she's my age and this is her reality and that's not mine. What am I doing wrong? I must need to heal more to get to where she is, right? And so you get this dominant feeling of shame coming along with a lot of these teachings around money, especially in the spiritual realm and online. And I don't believe that the people who are teaching it I mean, I think they're well-intentioned. I don't believe they're bad people or that they're trying to do this, but that is what's happening and and shame sells. So it works and they make more money and uh, a lot of people get really lost in that. But then we move to the other side of the spectrum, to religion, and we see the opposite. Well, we still see shame, but it's, it's not shame because we need to make more money. It's shame because... We desire to make money, right? There's this story that we should be poor. We should never think about money at all. We should be happy with exactly what we have. And if not, well, you don't love Jesus enough, most likely. And when I asked you all to email me last week about your struggles with money, I had quite a few people talk about not trusting God with money and specifically feeling guilt around wanting more money. And I had people ask me about specific scriptures that they felt had kind of fed their belief system around money and one of the main ones which I have heard a million times is the idea it's like the parable in Mark around the rich man who is told that basically rich men can't enter heaven is the concept so I'm going to summarize the story for you and then I'm going to talk about it I'm not going to read it word for word if you want to read it it is um, Mark 10 20 through 27 and Basically, a man is talking to Jesus and he's like, I followed everything that you've told me to follow. You know, how can I be better? What else can I do? And Jesus says, okay, well, one thing you lack is this. Go sell everything you have, donate all of it to the poor, basically, and then follow me. And then the man is really, really sad because he has a lot of wealth, a lot of riches, and it makes him sad to want to give it all away. And then here's a line that is overquoted and overused and misinterpreted. Jesus says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And if we end there and we only quote that specific line or two of scripture, it sounds like we're all doomed. If we are considered financially rich or if we want to be but what's often let left out is this next part right so the disciples are shocked and they say to each other what are you what's going on jesus like then who can be saved who can actually enter your kingdom and you know that would be my reaction too it's like like uh what are you kidding that doesn't make sense because The world would collapse if every single person did that. It doesn't make sense that we would all have to do that to enter the kingdom of God. So this is the next part. So Jesus looks at the disciples who are all shocked or amazed, and he says, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. I just got chills. This is what pulls the entire story together, is that by our own will, by our own self-control, by our own works, we would never be able to enter the presence of God. It would be impossible. It is only with God that the impossible can happen. And so if we're depending on our ability to not pedestal money in order to enter God's presence, it's impossible. So what this verse is really teaching us Is not that we need to give away all of our belongings and that we'll never be able to experience God's presence or enter the kingdom of God unless we are poor for all of our lives. What it's really teaching is that this world is full of all kinds of temptations. Money is a big one, right? It is very easy to pedestal money and idolize it over everything else. And we cannot serve money and serve God. However, we are going to always fall temptation to the things of this world because we're not perfect. So instead of focusing on trying to become perfect in the things that we do, instead, we should focus on union with God because only with him is everything possible. Jesus is not saying money is bad and you shouldn't have any of it. He's teaching a lesson here. The lesson is if you are depending on your works, your self-control, your efforting, your willpower in order to try to please God or to get into his kingdom or to feel his presence, you will always feel like a failure. And in fact, you will always fail if you are depending on that. The only thing we should be depending on and focusing on is God, seeking him because without him, everything is impossible. And with him, the impossible is possible and probable. But you know, when I heard this scripture quoted as a a child, what I took away from it and the teachings that I learned in my religious experiences were, you better not get rich because you're going to go straight to hell. You're never going to go to heaven, is what I was told, if you're rich. But then, if we look at other parts of scripture, if we look at history, it's in scripture and And we know historically now that wealthy, financially wealthy women provided for and supported the ministry of Jesus for the three years. Yes, rich, financially rich women paid for the ministry of Jesus. Their lives were so transformed by knowing him that they were inspired to use their lives' savings or wealth to further him in his message. So religion loves to throw the scriptures about the rich man not being able to enter heaven, but I have never heard any religious leader speak about the wealthy woman who supported the ministry of Jesus. So what we need to understand by looking at the whole picture is that money is not bad, money is not evil, money is not going to send you to hell or deny you the presence of God or whatever your beliefs are. Money can be used in a really beautiful way to create really beautiful things in this world. Money can be used by God to create change in this world, to reach more people, to spread more love. If none of us had any money at all, it would actually be very difficult. I wouldn't be able to be recording this podcast. If I gave away every single penny I owned and every belonging I had, I would not be able to be speaking to you. I wouldn't have been able to buy this mic. I wouldn't have a living room to sit in. I wouldn't have a computer to record on. I wouldn't have any of this. I wouldn't have the spaciousness I need for the creativity and, and the word of God and inspiration to flow through me because I'd be focused on surviving. The wealth that I have been blessed with, however much that has been, has been a blessing not just for me. It has allowed me to share messages of love. That's just one outcome of it. The fruits of it have been beautiful. I believe that a big part of what that scripture is really warning us about, if there is warning in it, is to not pedestal money, right? There's another scripture that you can't serve God and money. And it's very, very, very true. That's what happens when we are grasping and seeking desperately for mon- for more money from a place of not enoughness, from a place that is separate from God. But there is no shame in desiring money. There is no shame in desiring wealth or, or finance. When I say wealth, in this time, I mean there's no shame in desiring financial wealth. The problem comes when we believe that that's going to fix everything. When we're dependent upon that money to fix our lives and to make us feel better and to fix the parts of us that don't feel good enough. When we pedestal money as a thing that's going to save us, we make money almost like our savior. We're separating ourselves from God and our identity as beloved children, truly beloved. We're separating ourselves from the actual true flow of abundance that exists. We're cutting ourselves off from that flow completely. And I believe that a lot of churches are doing the world a disservice by not having these conversations about money. Money is a part of every single one of our lives and it is going to be for the foreseeable future. It needs to be talked about. I believe that God cares about our financial lives. I believe he cares about our finances. He cares about money and its role in our lives. But he also wants to make sure that it is playing the right role in our life. The one that will bring us the most love and fulfillment. And that healthy role of money is not up on the pedestal. It's not idolizing money. That is so, I mean, that's basically having creating a trauma bond with money, which is what a lot of us do. We get addicted to the highs and lows of it, just like trauma bonds in a relationship. We believe it's going to fix us or we can fix it and everything will be better. And We just need more of it and things will be better. And we can fix this or we can fix ourselves and it'll all work. But what's really happening is there's a part of us, let's say that, I'll give an example from my life, That feels like a failure if I'm not making money, if I'm not succeeding. And so instead of facing the really painful part of me that feels like a failure, it's a lot easier to just overfocus on money. Because if I just make that next 10K, I won't even have to feel this part of me that feels like a failure. It won't feel like a failure anymore. I'll have fixed it by getting more money. And this process is basically a numbing process, a bypassing process. And I'm denying this part of me love by filling it with money, by numbing it with these achievement goals, these, these money goals. And so I believe God is saying, okay, there's nothing wrong with money. And maybe I, my plan for you might even to be bl- to bless you financially. I don't know God's plan for all of us, but I believe that he does want us to prosper and that includes financially. But I refuse to encourage this cycle that is constantly teaching this part of yourself over and over and over that it is not lovable because I created all parts of you and I love all parts of you and there's nothing that you can do to make me love you any more or less. I love you perfectly in a way that you will never be able to fully comprehend because that love is so expansive. What I actually want is to pull you completely out of that cycle, out of this distortion, out of this illusion and it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to feel painful because that means you're going to have to face the part of yourself that feels like a failure. Because if you're hiding it from yourself, to be honest, what I found is that when you hide something from yourself, you're also hiding it from God. I know that we can't really hide anything from God. He sees all parts of us. We have free will. So if we're hiding something from God, he can't put his hands on it. He loves that part of us still but that door is locked. He's not going to break it open. He's not going to cross that boundary of our free will. So the invitation here is to really ask what parts of myself have I been numbing or pushing away by focusing on my desperation for more money? What parts of myself am I so certain will be fixed or will feel better or won't hurt anymore when the money comes? These are the parts of you that God wants. He wants all of these parts of you and that inner richness i talked about at the beginning of this episode that inner richness comes when we take these parts of ourselves we've been hiding and we've been projecting we've been projecting that pain these that those wounds specifically on money on receiving more when we take those parts of ourselves when we slow down and we stop trying to fix them we stop trying to cover trying to cover them up we stop telling ourselves the lie that money will make this feel better that money will fix this, when we become present, we slow down and allow ourselves to be with those parts of ourselves, when we stop hiding them and we open them up to God, we're then able to finally feel love there. We're able to actually come home to our true identity, which is beloved in every single part of ourselves. As soon as we're able to feel lovable there, That part of us can no longer control our reality. It's pulled out of our subconscious. But when we push that part of ourselves away, it's pushed into our unconscious, into our shadow, and unconsciously controls all of our behavior and creates more pain. And this is also why, you know, the teachings of a lot of religions saying, you know, we shouldn't be focused on money is so hurtful to so many people and create so much more wounding because this desire that all of us have for more money, we all have it. And all of you that emailed me, every single one of you expresses in some way or another that desire that we all have for money. The more that you try to repress it, the more control it has over you. What we push into our unconscious, what we repress, we basically are, we're giving over the reins because our subconscious is controlling 90-95% of our reality. So everything that we refuse to face, everything that we push away or repress has more control over us. So religion telling us money is bad, you should not want it. Our response to that is often, okay, the human response is, all right, I don't want God to judge me for this. Let me push away and repress all of those desires instead of being with them and understanding them. Therefore, those desires get full control in our subconscious. And suddenly we have these intrusive thoughts and obsessive anxieties about money that we can't push away and we don't know why. And so we try to repress those too in the name of being a good person, in the name of not sinning, or in the name of being who God wants me to be. But we already talked about this. We learned from that parable that I shared that your own willpower is not going to get you there. Only the love of God can. And in order to fully feel the love of God, we need to open all parts of ourselves to him, which means we need to stop repressing and pushing away all parts of ourselves that we feel aren't good enough. So I don't believe that God is holding out on us when it comes to our finances. I believe we're holding out on him by refusing to allow love in. Love is our original design and the more we move closer to that original design, the more we thrive in our realities. And it doesn't mean every single problem goes away. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that We are able to block the blessings that God desires for us when we don't allow love in the places that he wants to get to. Gosh, I could talk about money all day long. I don't want to overwhelm with too much in just one episode. I'll leave some of this that I want to share for the next episode and just let you kind of sit with all of this and let it integrate. But to kind of recap here, I don't believe that God's first priority is money. God doesn't want you to be poor. God doesn't want you to be rich. He wants you to be rich in love. His concern is love. And that love will return you to your original state and design of abundance. That love creates such internal, internal richness and fullness and wholeness that it creates this overflow. Like I'm just seeing this waterfall, this river that can't be stopped, just this flow of water, which flows out from your heart into your life. And that's going to look different for each person. I don't believe that God's plan for each of us this for us to become millionaires. We can't know God's plans for us, but I do know that he has goodness planned for all of us because God is good and God is love. And his plans for us, are of his goodness and of his love. Suffering exists in this world, yes, and we cannot guarantee a life of no suffering because darkness exists in the current world that we live in. But God can bring good out of anything and everything, even our suffering, even our challenges, even our hardships and our pain. But this is why life is co-creation with God. We must choose to co-create with him, we must choose to be in union with him in order to receive all that he has planned for us. I truly, truly believe this and I've seen it played out in my life so many times. And I believe that God cares more about the state of our heart than the state of our lives. And I don't mean that God doesn't care about the state of our lives, but I think he knows that the state of our heart is projected out into our lives oftentimes. Not perfectly, right? I know that I always used to teach that life is a reflection of your internal world, and it's true, but it's a partial truth. Life does reflect to us a state of our hearts, but there is so much that also is outside of our hands. There are outside forces that are also at work in our lives and our realities. Not every single thing in our life is a reflection of us however much of it is. And I believe that God created us to thrive and operate through him. To thrive and operate off of love. And so, when we are lacking in that love, when we are disconnected and separate from it, we're going to fall into more fear, into more lack, into more false stories and scarcity. The more full we are of that love the more magnetic we become to everything that is meant for us whatever that looks like in whatever way God has planned to bless us in our lives and there's so many teachings out there about money identity and I've taught about it in the past and I, I just what I've come to learn in the past year specifically is that yeah money identity can be powerful knowing your thoughts and beliefs about money can be powerful, but what's more important than your money identity is your beloved identity. What you believe about your worth, what you believe about God and his view of you affects your view of everything else in your life. And sometimes we don't need to fix our views of money or our views of men or our views of anything else. We don't need to to pick out all of the little belief systems we have that aren't perfectly right. And it doesn't mean we ignore them. It can be helpful to become conscious of what our beliefs are. However, when we fix the umbrella belief, when we shift our identity, everything else shifts. It's like this big umbrella. All of our belief systems are under one big umbrella of the identity that we have agreed to whether it be a false identity identity, or our true identity in God. And the more we return home to our beloved identity, that naturally and organically shifts everything else underneath that umbrella. This is why affirmations like saying, I love money and I'm rich all day long, doesn't work in the long term. It might shift the way you think about money, which is important but it's not shifting the fundamental identity and the way that you view yourself and how loved you feel and how lovable you feel and how worthy of love you believe you are. And I just want to make one caveat before I end this. Changing your beliefs about your identity and concerns to how lovable you are does not change how lovable you are. You are just as lovable and just as loved Whether or not you believe it, agree with it, or identify with it. The goal is not to become more lovable. The goal is to realize how lovable you already are. To remove all of the false identities that are not true. We are fixing our perception of ourselves. We are not fixing who we are at our core. Because who we are at our core already is loved. And okay, I'm going to end this here because... Otherwise, I'll just talk for another hour and I'm doing a whole series on money. So there'll be another episode soon where I'm going to go more into the other topics you asked about. We're going to talk a lot about money anxiety. We'll talk about attaining more money. We'll talk about holding money. There's going to be more and I'm thinking about creating creating an offer around money. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be yet, but something is beginning to stir in my heart. I want to teach in even more depth on this topic for those of you that feel really inspired and excited to learn more about money and to create that internal expansion. So more on that coming soon. If you feel inspired to work with me one-on-one right now, that is the only way to work with me. Uh, you can apply for one-on-one with me. There's a link in the show notes. I have short-term one-off sessions available and I also have two long-term one-on-one containers available for those who really want to dive deep, do deeper embodiment work and expansion work. So if you have any questions about that, you can email me Jenna at com. If my podcast has served you in any way, it would mean the world to me. If you could take a couple minutes out of your day to write me an honest review on iTunes, they really do mean the world to me. And with that said, I I'm so grateful that you made it this far into the episode. I really do truly hope that it served you in some way and see you in the next podcast.